Hello, and welcome to the Zen of Bodybuilding. I'm Sean Sully Sullivan, and I'll be your host. I want to start with a fundamental question that everybody's probably asking at this point. What the heck is this podcast all about, and what's going to distinguish it from all the others? I'm sure some people are asking who the hell this guy is and what's driving him to do a podcast. I want to take this first episode to answer these questions and provide a little background about myself. Center on the why for the podcast, and then provide an outline or flow that each episode is going to follow. After today, you'll have an understanding of the questions, who, why, and what. Let's start with the what. What we'll be discussing and what is off the table. In full disclosure, I'm an OCB business officer and a key stakeholder in the Federation. So yes, we will be covering a bit about the OCB, but this is not an OCB podcast. It's not a propaganda cast, even though I'll be addressing some key points here and there. We'll be talking about things like, well, what the distinguishing criteria is for bikini, maybe some posing guideline changes. We might get into OCB scoring or judging, but this is all just going to be a vehicle so people have a broader understanding of what the OCB is doing in various aspects and what we're concentrating on and what we're looking at. We will also not be discussing any Federation politics or making any comparisons to other event promoters. I'm not going to discuss other Federations or individual stakeholders in any negative light. I'm not going to play into any drama, and I'm not going to answer any attacks or allegations that are consistently part of event aspects of bodybuilding for all Federations. But why? You might be asking yourself, why won't we use this as some type of platform to correct misinformation or assaults in our credibility? simple. It's not our business model. Let's start with that one simple fact. All federations are run as businesses. Some have employees or bylaws or boards. Some have complex operating instructions. Others are sole proprietorships, but all are run as enterprises and businesses. Keeping that model in mind, I want to use an analogy of a business type to drive this home. Fast food restaurants. I think it's a good analogy because both businesses have striking differences in operation, how they offer an item or how they present themselves. Yet all offer the same end item. In our case, competitions, and in their case, fast food. All are striving to meet customer expectations, provide a service they believe in, and want the customer to have the best possible experience. Both industries, event promotion and fast foods, have countless options and are seeking their own identity to distinguish themselves from the pack. Our business model is to operate in the same principles as, say, Wendy's, Burger King, or even Coke and Pepsi. We spend our time working on our own business, striving to improve our own customer experience, taking the customer's feelings into account, and talking to the customers about what we offer. You don't see Burger King complain that McDonald's doesn't sell Whoppers or Pepsi defaming Coke by embellishing or even telling outright lies about product and content control. There's no grand partnership or unification in any of these businesses, but at the same time, they concentrate solely on what they can do to improve and increase customer satisfaction for their own specific businesses. Why do they do that? Well, because that's the key to their success. Well, in bodybuilding, it's all about customer confidence and establishing relationships and not assaulting the competition. So I'm not going to waste any words and discussions about OCB versus the XYZ Federation, and I'm going to focus solely on what's really important why we do what we do, and why we believe that you, the customer, is going to benefit from our product. We're not trying to dissuade you from trying anybody else's product any more than McDonald's is trying to tell you not to go to Taco Bell. We just want to tell you what we can offer you. 
and we'll let the others tell you what they can offer you as well. And then you, as the consumer, have the right to decide where to go. Bottom line is all businesses have the right to run things the way they see fit. And we have zero right to stick our heads in how others choose to do things. So if you want drama, let me recommend Law & Order SVU. But for this podcast, we're going to strictly concentrate on OCB business and what we're trying to do to offer you a better product. We're also going to avoid discussions on sets, reps, diet plans, and preparation for events. There's tons of great resources and podcasts out there. One example is by OCB Hall of Famer Joe Franco. He has a great podcast on competitive bodybuilding preparation and covers all aspects. There's many, many, many others. I'm not going to get to them all. So basically, I see no need to dive into something that's so widely covered. So that's what we're not going to talk about. But before we get into the podcast, we'll look like I want to use some time to give you some of my background because that's going to set up the real why, the meat of what we want to talk about each episode, what we really want to tackle. And I'm going to use myself as an example. We should tie it all together even in the end. I'm normally a bit uncomfortable talking about myself, and I usually try to keep things brief. Anyone's been to any of the shows that I promote or judge at or any of my past coaching clients will attest the fact that I prefer to move out of the spotlight and to keep it where it belongs, on the people who did all the sacrifice to make whatever that event is happen. People also see me as an overachiever. They say I'm very confident. I guess I'm all of that. I love self-improving. I love going the extra mile. I love trying to excel. But when a goal is achieved and it's time to receive an accolade or an award, I kind of tend to get a little embarrassed. I guess for me, it's always the journey and not the reward. Kind of zen-like, huh? This time for this one episode, I'm going to peel back the curtain and let you all see that just like us, I'm just a guy. But my journey through life has been an exceptional trip. I may have started off cursed in life, but I managed to flip it around and I've been truly blessed. There's one reason for that. Bodybuilding. Now, I see bodybuilding as two prongs. One is the actual act of developing your body, and the other is the event or the competition. The podcast is going to tend to center more around the act and not the event. The act of transformation permeated my life and changed my destiny. It created a change that brought about balance and positivity in my life and can only be described as a Zen-like experience. And that is what brought about the name for the podcast. So who am I and who was I then? And what transpired to make this change? Well, let's focus on that for the next few minutes. Who am I currently? Well, I'm married. I have two wonderful stepsons and two outstanding daughters. I also have a grandchild. So family is very, very important. As I mentioned earlier, I'm an OCB officer. I've been involved with the OCB since the inception. OCB all started about 20 years ago when Matt Shepley had a little message board and we all jump on and start chatting about bodybuilding and it's grown into what you see. I have an extensive police background. I retired after 25 years in the Mashpee, Massachusetts Police Department. Over that period of time, I managed to hold just about every billet and position that you can as a police officer. When I retired, I was a co-commander of a SWAT team. I was a lieutenant and I was more or less in charge of the detective vision and the community policing. I'm also a military man. I spent time in three different branches of the service, spent time as a Marine in the infantry, working through all the different billets there, all the way up to uh, advanced scout. I was in the army. I became an officer, flew a helicopter, and had a wonderful time in the army. 
reverted back in, got out for a time, reverted back in, came back into the service, into the Air Force, been in there for about 12 years. And I currently hold the enlisted rank of Command Chief Master Sergeant. And I have the honor, the distinguished honor, to be the State Command Chief of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It means I got the greatest job in the world. Every single day of my life, I get to be around the real heroes in the world, the men and women of the United States Armed Services and the Massachusetts Air National Guard. It's a great position to have. I'm going to miss it when it's gone. I have a long, extensive competitive career, about 150 shows started in uh, the late 70s and competed all the way up until about 2008. I've competed at the highest levels as a pro bodybuilder. I've won quite a few events and I've lost quite a few events. But everything that I've gotten out of those competitions was the friendships, the journey, the satisfaction of accomplishment. It has little or nothing to do with my trophies. As a matter of fact, I think I only kept about four or five. I have several college degrees and just managed to complete another one oh, about a year and a half ago. And I'm looking at continuing my education. I'm striving for a master's in military history. So that's who I am. A lot of accomplishments there. Now, no, I haven't won a Super Bowl or I haven't been to the moon, not an astronaut, but all those things mean a lot to me. And they're all things that I had goals for in my life and managed to achieve. But who was I? Well, like a lot of people, I uh, had a little bit difficult of a childhood. My mom was a wonderful person, caring, loving, one of the best mothers that you could possibly have. But she was two people. On the other side, she was an alcoholic. I was an only child and we had our ups and downs in life. We were sometimes living out of a van in an alley and other times we had an apartment. We moved around a lot, never had a lot of time to make friends. I had a couple of learning disabilities that weren't diagnosed at the time. So my grades were never good. I really had no friends and I really had no motivation in life. I really didn't know what I was going to be doing. Uh, when I was 13, I was suspended from school. We were stuck in Columbus, Ohio, I had no place to go. And we were homeless and Things weren't looking good. If I had stayed on that path by now, I'd either be dead or incarcerated. But as I said, there was a moment that bodybuilding set everything in motion and changed my life. That Zen moment. What was the catalyst for that change? Well, it was 1979 and I'm in Columbus, Ohio. As I said, I wasn't in school at the time. Walking down the street and I looked into a health food store. And in there, there was a guy who was flexing. He was incredible. My whole world revolved around comic books, mostly because of my learning disabilities. I really couldn't understand or comprehend the written word. And I was having difficulty due to dyslexia of defining what things meant. But I could look at a comic book and derive from the pictures and the text what was going on. So I fell into that superhero mold. My favorites were Batman and the DC comics, but I also loved Conan and Thor and the Hulk. What's the common denominator? They were all jacked and had wonderful physiques. So here I am looking into this health food store. And there he is. Batman. I mean, physique was incredible. Everybody's sitting around listening to this guy talk. So I moseyed on in, sat there. It wasn't a huge health food store. It also sold some weird things that weights and bench presses didn't know what they were at the time. And I had no idea what these guys were talking about with sets and reps and flexings and muscles. But I just knew that they were mesmerizing to view. There was one guy in particular who kind of laid back. You kind of tell he owned the room that it was really his stage. And these were just all bit players there. Well, the moment came and 
he ushers up and he starts talking to the crowd and there was just like silence. It was like a surreal moment. You just knew that something great had happened just by this guy walking up and talking. And he started talking and I noticed he had this, this really harsh accent, German later found out it was Austrian. He was going on about this competition. He was going to be promoting, was talking about his life and what bodybuilding meant to him. And I'm going, I don't know what the heck bodybuilding is, but this guy is just mesmerizing. He just owned the crowd. He was well-dressed, well-groomed, jacked. I mean, he was everything that I had always aspired to be and everything that I thought my comic book heroes were all wrapped up into one. Questions and answer times happened and comes and goes and people are mingling around and I kind of walked up to this big Austrian guy and he looks down at me and he goes, ah, little man, what do you want to know? How to build the biceps and the triceps? Never forget the moment. I just looked at him and asked, how did you get all these people to like you? And he goes, ah, I started with loving myself. And I looked at him and said, my God, how did you ever learn how to love yourself? I think at that moment he knew. He just instinctively knew that I was kind of lost in life. He called a friend over to his gym, gym, come here, gym. And I looked around. I remember talking to this guy, greatest physique I've ever seen. And to this day, one of the most mesmerizing bodybuilders and greatest figures in the sport ever. Told me his name was Robbie Robinson. Didn't know it at the time, but I was standing on the threshold of greatness. He was there with another guy, a slimmer guy, wonderful physique, greatly proportioned, really drew my eye in. So his name was Frank, Frank Zane. He was a teacher. Yeah, talking to them about that. Next thing you know, they said it was time for the drawing. We are drawing. The guy, he said, Jim, came over and handed me a ticket. Had no idea what it was for, but I did see a sign at the door. Tickets were X price. Can't remember what it was. I had no money. <laughs> Family had no money. <laughs> we were living off of candy bars and Twinkies in a van. Well, they called the number off, and I had one, two tickets to Mr. Olympia. I had no idea what Mr. Olympia was. This guy named Arnold with the Austrian accent gave me the tickets and he said, tomorrow at the Columbus Memorial Auditorium, come see Mr. Olympia. You will understand then. Like, okay, whatever. I ran back home, well, home, van, same thing at the time. Woke my mom up and told her, hey, mom, 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 I won these tickets, blah, blah, blah. All she knew was that for the first time in my 13 years, I was absolutely excited about something, something that was just life changing to me. Just something, just a moment in time. Mom sobered up, and the next day we went to see the 1979 Mr. Olympia, where that guy named Frank Zane won this competition. After the show, we're all mingling in the crowd. And back then, you could actually reach out and attain and talk to these bodybuilders after the event. It was kind of like had like this after party thing. And, you know, it was part of the event. You had to pay in to go in, but you could talk to people. That Arnold dude came over to me and said, I want you to go talk to this man here. His name was Mike Katz, also a teacher. I remember talking to Mike for a little while, and he was talking about how bodybuilding had changed his life, how he came from a Jewish-American family in a Catholic neighborhood. He was teased and persecuted. He was just on a bad path. He had no friends. He had no self-confidence. And how he found bodybuilding, started lifting weights, and he realized that if he could change his physique, he could change his horizon. And he was now a school teacher, well-respected man, had a wonderful family, and he was a Mr. American, Mr. Universe to boot. I went, don't know what it is, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start this bodybuilding thing. I went and I bought all the weights and anything that we could we we could get a hold of. Um, 
My mom took that as an opportunity to also change her life and her horizons. The more I got into this, the more good positive things started happening. The more changes I made with myself, the more I lost weight, the more self-confidence I got, the more it kind of helped my mom stabilize. In a very short time, we had a home. We had moved to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and uh, I had a gym in my basement. I was starting to make changes. Around late 1979, 1980, I remember seeing there was an article in a muscle builder magazine. It was by that Frank Zane dude, and it was called the Zen of Bodybuilding. It was the first time I heard that terminology, and it went into what Frank discussed, the real essence and root of bodybuilding, not the event, not the competition, not what you did on stage that day, but the journey and how that journey of self, that journey of mind and body and spirit can be all-encompassing. Because if you can change your biceps and your triceps, then you can also change your mind about yourself. And if you can change your mind about yourself, you can create anything that you want to. You can change your world and the world of others. That's the Zen of bodybuilding. That's the type of conversations that I want to focus about when we talk to other guests on this show. That's going to be the main meat and potatoes. How bodybuilding is a transformational experience. How it's the number one most empowering activity for women who now encompass 60% of the sport. How it's a way for teenagers to regain perspective and realize what they can change. How aside from the vanity and the worst that the sport can be, it can, can also create some of the best people. And that's what I want to talk about. So what's a typical podcast going to look like? Well, it's always going to start something related to the OCB, as I said. It's going to add clarity to what we do. Like I said, it could be divining criteria so coaches and competitors have a better understanding of how to prepare for a show. But it's all going to focus on explaining the why behind what we do as an organization and the decisions that we make. I figured it's a good opportunity to spend 10 minutes each episode talking about the why so other people don't make the narrative up for themselves and so that we inform our customers. I think the more that our customers, our people, the people that we rely on, the people that enter our shows, the people that we are are very living to in some cases, that they understand what we're doing. Next is going to be the fun part, the part I'm going to love the most. It's going to be interviews. Each episode, we're going to have two people with diverse experiences at the same time, and we're going to discuss how bodybuilding has changed their lives in meaningful ways, what they've gotten out of the sport aside from physique and placements. We're going to talk about how they're paying it forward and helping others. This is going to be the heart and soul, the candid moments that are going to inspire others and uplift listeners as we draw upon our shared experiences and develop new ways to make changes, both in our physiques, in our minds, in our spirits, in our body. Like I said, this is the backbone of the episodes. This is the Zen. Next, I'm going to spend a few minutes each episode of talking to everyone about natural bodybuilding and giving a little history lesson. For those of you who know me and have been to shows that I head judge, I tend to meander a little bit and talk about the history of bodybuilding. I think it's important that we understand it. A lot of people don't realize that the real roots of bodybuilding go back thousands of years. Yes, thousands of years. Not just 150 from Eugene Sandow, but even further back than that. I want to talk about the events and people that have been key to its formulation and its evolution. Not just the natural aspects of the sport, but all aspects of the sport. I love history. Bodybuilding has a rich and robust past that nobody ever talks about. So this will be a little bit short, but it's going to be fun. I'm going to end with 
questions and answers from the field. So if you have questions that you'd like to have addressed on this podcast about any topic from the OCB to life to self-improvement, please send them to sully at ocbonline.com. That'd be S-U-L-L-Y at ocbonline, one word, dot com. I'm going to attempt to address two to three per episode. And again, they can be anything that you want. Anything that you want to have further discussion about or anything that you want to know about. So that covers the key questions. I hope you have a clear understanding of your host, what the podcast will be about, what I'll cover, what I'm not going to touch, and why the Zen aspect. The release schedule we're planning is the 1st and 15th of every month, but there's going to be some deviation. I'm still trying to balance two careers, but for the most part, that'll be our planned schedule to start. Might drop a special episode in here or there, take breaks for various reasons, but I think you get the drift. Twice a month, you can tune in for about a 25 to 30 minute episode. It's a real pleasure to do this, and I hope there's some value here. I know the sport has favorably impacted thousands of people in ways way outside the competitive nature of the event. Those stories need to be told so that you can all gain from the experiences and find the true motivation of bodybuilding, the continuous self improvement and self discovery to really focus in on what it means to be a bodybuilder, to be an iron brother and iron sister, to quote Dave Draper. Now, before I end, I wanted to mention that I also do another podcast. I'm involved with a podcast called Chevrons. It's a podcast for the enlisted force. It's on Spotify and iTunes. And I co-host that with the outstanding 102nd Intelligence Wing Public Affairs Office. I'm a co-host, Airman Francesca Scrudulis and the show engineer, Tim Sandlin podcast is set up to cover various aspects of leadership, resilience, and professional development. We do interviews with people of varying ends of the rank structure. So every episode, we'll have somebody there who's just starting out in their military career and somebody who's attained some of the highest offices. And we try to get their perspective when we ask questions from both ends of the target audience. Now, this is more geared up towards the enlisted force, the armed forces, I've been hearing from a lot of people outside the military who have told me that they found a lot of value in what we're discussing in there. It's helped them impact things in their civilian lives and make better business decisions. So I hope to decide to give it a listen, if for no other reason than to hear about what our outstanding men and women of the armed services are doing. So for now, this is Sean Sully Sullivan signing off. I hope you join me in future podcasts.